first episode of the EnglishBlog.com podcast. I'm Nolan. I'm Matt. And on this episode, we share a bit about who we are, go through our car history, give an idea of what you can expect from the podcast, including our first series on the new Millennium Muscle Cars. All right, let's get into it. How's it going, Matt? Good, good. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, yeah, so initialblog.com. We can go through a little bit of the history of the initialblog.com. Uh, I started it way back in the day, 2009. I uh, went to a Ford Fiesta event and then kind of <laughs> went to every event I can go to. We started with the first car we got, Matt and I. We went to Stagecoach back in 2010, I believe it was. And so. uh, and that car was the Silverado Hybrid. Chevy Silverado Hybrid. Yeah, which a lot of people actually forget they made um i don't know if you saw this week that jalopnik announced like uh or the 2019 ram hybrid and they put like oh there's never been a hybrid truck before and then oh yes there has oh man don't you forget about this girl (laughs) (laughs) that thing I, i think it had like that thing as soon as you like crept away from the light more than like seven miles an hour she was she was back in the v8 she was oh yeah yeah, she was a hybrid up until you like got out of idle. <laughs> she was a stop. She was a hybrid at the stoplight. Exactly. Uh, which Chevy's done a lot. GM has done like this mild hybrid system that just literally keeps you like idling and electric. Um, but yeah, whatever. It was a good car. It was a lot of fun though. Yeah, we had a good time. We wrote about kind of how uh, Silverado hybrid is very like California country. I think because we went to Stagecoach, the country festival out here in California. Um, It's kind of like the L.A. uh, hillbilly car a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Where you got to have a truck, but you kind of want to be eco-friendly and hippie at the same time. Exactly. You want to get that sweet, like, 22 miles to the gallon instead of 19. Um, Which I think we probably got uh, eight the entire time we had it, but... yep. Yep. It was uh, worth it. They still, I still see, like, on a rare occasion, like, a Escalade hybrid chilling about. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, that thing still exists. Uh, another uh, rare bird is the um, Aspen, Chrysler Aspen hybrid. Ooh. You were all about those things. God, I love that. Because I, I love the <laughs> fact that it came in, a, came in a color called Cognac. Cognac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was like a deep maroon, yeah. which I still think is like top ten problems. Yeah, I remember those things. You used to spot those things all the time, point them out all the time. That was a terrible Durango. I haven't seen one of those in ages. Yeah, I think they burned them all. I think Chrysler's like on the DL, just gathering them up and driving buying them, them all back, <laughs> driving them into the ocean. Yeah, yeah. hopefully. But anyway, so other trips we've done. So yeah, the the site's focused on kind of. California culture um, of, you know, just automotive. There's totally different. Like, you can go from the beach to Palm Springs. So we went to, speaking of the beach, we went to Pismo Dunes, which is more in Matt's area. Matt's up in uh, Central Cal. San Luis Obispo. Yep. So we, uh, we uh, for a good bachelor weekend, we took a trailhawk, a Jeep Cherokee trailhawk to the Pismo Dunes, which was a lot of fun. Um, that was a ton of fun. We went That's out. actually the first time I dri- I've driven on the dunes. It was... I understand why people do it. It's it's a ton of fun. Yeah, I think we make fun of all the bros 
for a while. And oh, yeah. You get out there and you're like, uh, you want to like sell everything you have and buy like a yeah. sand crawler. I got to get a doom buggy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is, which is weird. But, um, and I think, I think for the week after we did that, we were just sending each other pictures of sand rails and like stuff that we should buy. And it really is, it really changes how you think of that kind of stuff, but it was a ton of fun and I'd totally do it again. We just need to get the trackhawk out there or something. Oh God, yeah, the trackhawk would be even tough, <laughs> even tougher to dig out because we had a just bury that thing. Yeah, li- uh, both of us have very limited experience off road. I've done a little more yeah. events, but still, we uh, we definitely got stuck pretty pretty quickly um, in the trailhawk. Yeah, it's a great car, but we so I aired down the tires. I think the stock is probably running at thirty two psi or something. And I think we we aired down to like twenty six or something twenty like nothing something like that yeah. And then we proceeded to get stuck, and have one of the UTVs pull us out and then get stuck. Hmm. So yeah. So anyway, that was a good, time. good learning. Good learning experience. Yeah, for next time. Um, yeah. Then we did the Fiat to uh, Laguna Seca Estates, which is a group of uh, kind of luxury homes that you can rent out near Palm Springs. Um, Matt got the Fiat 124 Spider, a Barth, a little sideways. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> well, no, not really. But it was uh, a lot peppier than I thought it was going to be. Took yeah. a corner a little a little fast. Got her a little sideways. But it was good. It was a lot of fun. Nolan's wife happened to be in the car. Scared her half to death. Yep. She appreciated that. Uh, I think... <laughs> I think that car, like I said, I think the Fiat 124 is a lot more fun than the Miata. Um, we'll have to get, you know, I don't think Matt's driven, you haven't driven the Miata. The I have, no, I haven't driven the new Miata yet. So it's like, I said, it's not turbocharged, so it doesn't have the, like, just burst of torque out of nowhere. Uh, so it's not as fun. It's not as fun. Like, it's pretty linear in terms of its power, so it's not as good. Because yeah. you, like, I feel like in the Miata, you wouldn't have... You wouldn't, you wouldn't get a little squirrely because you know kind of what it's going to do, which is a shame. So you want True. But that hardtop Miata looks so good. Yeah. I've heard, someone told me that it feels less rigid, which I don't know how. Or it feels, I don't know. They, they said it feels worse with, with a hardtop. I got, I got That's it. weird. Yeah, I feel like they're wrong. I won't say who it is. Yeah, but. I feel like they're wrong, too. we got to yeah. drive one and figure it out ourselves. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so that's who we are. Like I said, that's the, at least what we've done with the ignitionblog.com. Uh, who are Matt and Nolan? That's a good question. Uh, Matt, give a little bit about your, um, let's go with your personal car uh, history mm-hmm. a little bit. My personal car history has been all a lot of Volkswagens. Um, I had, I've had, what, three, four GTIs now. I've had a Jetta. Um, and then I switched completely and went to a Lincoln. But I had, I had uh, two Mark IVs, a Mark V, and a Mark VII Volkswagen. And then now I'm in a Lincoln MKC with um, total dad mode. Yep. And so did I. It's part, we're, we both kind of shifted hard into into Lincoln. Uh, I said uh, my recent car, current car, is the uh, Lincoln MKZ hybrid. I went full like lazy boy commuter. Yep. Um, Matt Matt went MKC, uh, which is super confusing, but that's C is in cat. Which yes, C is in cat. Uh, it's I basically want, the Lincoln Ford Escape. Yeah, I want to be in the like. I, don't, I still don't understand the like them in a meeting. It has to be confusing internally to say MKC and MKZ. I feel like oh yeah, they have to be in meetings. 
there's got to be a code name internally so that they like the meetings are cut in half or something. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they. I'm sure they go by like the body code or something. Yeah, because the word is that like would be smart since they've gone back to like uh, shoot. What is the weird shell name of the new Nautilus or whatever? The Nautilus. Yeah, yeah. They're supposed to go back to like Zephyr and like good. the good old names, which that's how it should be. Yeah, I think Zephyr is one of the coolest names of any car. Not even just Lincoln. Yeah, I think so too. So, yeah. I don't but, know if I'd buy a Lincoln again, but it was fun while it lasted. Ooh, like I said, Continental still got my heart. So does Navigator, but those cars have got to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I Maybe say, when the Conti drops half price. Yeah, I always say Lincoln. Uh, I love I love the new cars, but they're definitely the best used car maker. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because. They make some damn fine used cars because that navigator, yes, they do. that navigator black label that's like ninety grand right now will be like thirty five in like six years. So exactly, but don't ever talk yourself into a brand new lease on a Lincoln. You yeah. will you will hate life for the next three years. Yep. Speaking of a man that uh, the knows oh too well. So um, speaking he, from personal experience. Yep. Uh, my side, so like I said, I, Lincoln recently, just like Matt, uh, I've been, Matt's the Volkswagen boy, I'm the Dodge Chrysler apologist, um, and SCA now, so I expanded my last car before the, uh, the Lincoln was the Fiat, uh, 500 Sport, little stick shift red guy, uh, love that car, it was a fun car, like I said, I think it, everyone says you have to have an Italian car at least once to be a car person, and I think, uh, it was definitely worth um, doing that car was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have, you know, I might never had any issues with it. I had to, uh, apologize, unfortunately to your, uh, aunt and uncle when I suggest <laughs> <laughs> they had, yeah, a f- they forgive you. Yeah. Fiat 500 L had a few issues, but, uh, other than that, my, my Fiat was fine. So that car was good. Yeah, they just had a few engines and a few transmissions and a few countless other parts, but you know, it's cute. It's a cute, funky Italian it's cute. car. Yeah. Yeah. It was yellow. It was cute. She loved it. It was yeah. fine. Exactly. Um, before that, I had a Chrysler Sebring, which was my... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I tend to shift between cars that sort of make sense. On, <laughs> on And then to cars that don't make sense. My Sebring was like a four-door, had the V6. It's, it was like a good, like, reliable college car. Uh, then I had good the Fiat. Good old Seabreeze. Good old Seabreeze. Um she was good, reliable until I went to turn it in and then it overheated, but I got rid of it that day, so it was fine. Then I had, let's see, I had an Omni. I had a Dodge Omni. That was a spur of the moment. It was a 1980. Uh, we can go into that forever. There's a lot of stories of the Omni that I'm sure will come up. Cause oh, yeah. You you were with me the day I went to go buy that, right? The Omni? Yep. yep. That was great. It was uh, a lot of fun. It was Gino, an Italian guy, who was like the coolest. Um I hope he still showed us was. around his property. He had a bunch of cars. All of, yeah. Um, All yeah. those old Mercedes he had. Yeah, he had some great like SLs or whatever he had in the sedans. And so, um, let's see. Before that, I had a Dodge Venger, the 90s one, uh, that was actually cool, sort of. It was a clips body. Uh, that thing blew up pretty hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> and then before that, I had a Dodge van. Dodge Ram, uh, mini Ram van for my grandfather. And that was, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, I've had a Dodge guy forever. Still love, uh, you know, the current Dodge stuff. And I guess we'll get into that when we talk about our new series, but, um, 
Yeah, that's my personal car history, and a lot of that is based on my family stuff. Like I said, my, pa- my parents had a Ford, an uh, Aerostar. I know your parents had an Aerostar, right? We did. We had a nice brown Ford Aerostar. Uh, ours was dark blue, and she uh, she was around for way too long. That was like most of my childhood. That's part of the reason I didn't like Ford forever. Still kind of skeptical because we went through like a suite, like three transmissions, two engines. But again, that was like 15 years. We kept that thing around like way too long hey i still see some driving around every once in a while oh yeah i'll see a couple and i'm like huh that's uh <laughs> i remember the port that the engine compartment in those things i don't know if you remember from being younger like you'd open the engine it would be like a solid like six inches of like space to move around um i know i don't ever i don't think i ever looked under the hood on that thing it was bad like i remember like every time we'd roll up to a mechanic like we'd be on a family trip and uh we'd have an issue and then we'd roll to a mechanic and the guy would just like he literally like shake his head and like walk inside like away from us (laughs) (laughs) that's how much fun the uh, aerostar was to work on you pretty much had to like just literally go underneath it crawl in there yeah (laughs) go underneath it and like drop the axles or whatever not drop the axles like disconnect the axles take the engine out yeah um but yeah, other than that, my parents, like, that's literally what my parents had forever. My dad had, like, a Taurus station wagon for work with a rear-facing... Yeah, rear-facing seat so you could, like, wave at people behind you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of domestics. I think both of us grew up with, like, families that were pretty much domestics. Like, my grandparents all had domestics. Like, yeah. there was... It's... Yeah, it's, like, a weird... Like, I have a lot of friends, like, oh, you know, my dad had a Toyota Crescita or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, my dad would, no way in heck would he have ever looked at a Toyota Crescita. Like, that no, was like, never. Uh-uh. It was, like, sacrilegious. Yeah. was weird. Because your parents looked at it, they had a, like, so your dad has a truck, too, like, he had an S10, my dad has an yep. S10. Mm-hmm. Um, Mostly, f- like, the entire time I grew up was all Fords, though. Mm-hmm. SUVs, and then, or vans, and then SUVs. Um, but it was always support. So, yeah. Um, we both come from that. It's got to branch out a little bit, but for the most part, I, I've stuck domestic. A um, little bit Italian. I love Alfa Romeo's. That's, like I say, I guess we can talk about what we'd probably get next. Um, I'm looking I'm, a, I'm looking electric, which is totally different. Um, Bolt. Bolt has gotten a little weird in L.A. They've all of a sudden become like, like it's all of a sudden there were $200 a month leases available. And now, like, every 10th car I see on the freeway in L.A. is a Bolt. And now yeah, I'm seeing a lot of them up here, too. They're all of a sudden, like, sold out at every dealership, and now they're charging, like, MSRP, and they're, like, $450 a month to, like, lease Jeez. one. Uh, you know, I, I love the electric cars interest me, too, but I don't know if I could... I don't, I'm not sure if I'm ready to make that jump yet. Yeah, it scares me. Like I said, I've had a couple... You know, I have an Ionic electric, which I've considered. I know it's a little interesting, but... They have like so they're good and creative. Like I, the Ionic is like a special like unlimited mile lease for two seventy five, and they re, uh, reimburse you for the miles you drive in terms of electricity. So there's some interesting concepts out there that like make it make. Yeah, sense. I mean if you if you wanted an electric car, that makes total sense. I mean you might as well not pay for gas and pay very minimal for the car. I mean it makes complete sense. Yeah, I think that's the easiest way, especially with California rebates. You're getting like I think just even leasing you're getting twenty five hundred dollars back. So if you put twenty five hundred dollars down, 
and the you know the finance company's getting seventy five hundred dollars back. So I mean, it makes a lot more. I'm looking at i threes too because those are fifty thousand dollar BMW electrics, which people kind of say no way. Um, but you know, when you look at a lease deal, and now they're you know the dealership's able to take like ten grand off with California rebates and general That's crazy. stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, you're able to put like three or four grand down and get most of that back. It makes it a lot easier when that payment's like two fifty, three hundred dollars a month versus, you know, whatever. Heck yeah. Even a three hundred dollar a month payment on a fifty thousand dollar car, I mean that's that's awesome. Where else are you gonna get that? Yeah, nowhere. So I think that's that's why the electric sort of makes sense in California. Everyone else is like crazy, like there's no way, uh which I get, but the incentives right now make it worth it. And they're really not that hard to live with. Like I said, I have a long commute, like 40 miles, you know, each way there's a charger at work, but I've, you know, I've driven most cars and I haven't really had too many issues unless you're talking about the Mitsubishi I Meave. <laughs> we won't talk about that yet. Yeah. Well, we'll touch on that later, but, uh, yeah, that, you know, for the most part, the cars, most electric cars, I can make it to work and back and not really worry about it. So looking at that, yeah, I would love, I yeah, like what were you looking at? I would love an Alfa Romeo Giulia if I didn't have to worry about gas. Uh, I think that's an interesting Yeah, if car. I didn't have to worry about gas and I didn't have to worry about price, the Quadrophilia would be top of my list. But since I do have to worry about gas and I do have to worry about price, I think I'd really like to go back to Volkswagen and get another GTI. Um, yeah. The new GTI just came out, and to me it looks amazing. The interior is amazing. Everything they've done to upgrade that car looks great. And I always love the performance and the handling, and the, you can still get good gas mileage with those cars and still be super practical, but yet have a ton of fun when you wanted to. Um, mm. And it's just, I wanted something completely different. That's why I got the MKC when I did. And now I'm ready to go back to being a kid and have fun with the car. And actually, like, you know, shift through the gears and pay attention to driving yeah. and not just zone out and drive an automatic like Grandpa. Yeah, no, I hear you. Like I said, I think that's why I kind of shift back and forth. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I'm even looking like, I try to talk the wife into like, oh, there's, you know, use the Barth Fiat 500s are like 10 grand. I'm like, God, I yeah. would that's a mistake I would love to make. Like, it would, it would grenade you know, on honestly, me. Honestly, I, I had, I had one of those for a day when I took a car down to get service and it was the most fun car ever. Like, you, you can't really explain it. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah, like I said, I, I just love, and I've even talked to, uh, I'll think of her name, I don't want to give her too much, but she used to work at uh, Chrysler Fiat, uh, helped launch the Fiat brand, now she works at Sparco, I'll think of her name here in a minute, but um, she was telling me, and I said, please you know, please let me know, I said, I, the Fiat 124 Barth is great, but it just doesn't have the noise, and I'm like, is that is that Mazda to blame for that? And she said, yes, without a doubt, it's Mazda, they told us that they're, they had a certain standard for their, whatever partnership they had, the exhaust noise decibel level had to be a certain level so i guess that's why the 124 barth doesn't kind of crackle and bark and like pop oh and... really yeah um that makes sense yeah which is too bad like i knew that that was the answer um she also said fun little fact apparently in california the old barth is now illegal in terms of like you couldn't sell it now the new abars fiat 500s like 2018 and up they changed the exhaust not the really? Yeah, I'll have to see how that is because, yeah, she said that they changed the decibel levels and you can no longer, like, because I've had, like, I had an automatic one and, like, I even remember, like, just, you know, the semi-automatic, whatever shifts, 
I would downshift and I shoot downshifts on a freeway and it pops so loud. Like the poor person next to me I, on the freeway, I swear to God, almost like steered into the median because <laughs> it was so loud. Um, yeah. You just don't expect it. So, um, but yeah, I'd love to go back to something like that if I didn't need the room, which I don't really need, but yeah. I know that's my problem too. I, I have an SUV ish type car and I, I really don't need all that room. It's pretty pointless. The mm-hmm. whole reason I got the car was pretty pointless, but it was a nice change, and now I'm ready to go back, like you yeah. both are. You talked a little bit about, like I said, we can go back to our work history, too, with cars, because uh, I did car sales. I worked at a, uh, a uh, well, just, you know, CarMax. CarMax is where I worked forever, like 10 years. <laughs> uh, we had some good times over there, though. Yeah, CarMax is great. I did sales for a while. Uh, I would take some test drives uh, with uh, Matt was a freaking customer. He would just put on different... Oh, yeah different pair of glasses every time or something. No, Matt was just yeah, walking. Uh, whenever he's around, we'd walk in and we'd take out, you know, we drove a Corvette C6. We drove a BMW M5. M5. Yeah. Uh, back when I had a V10. GTOs. Oh yeah. GTO. Um, so, uh, yeah. So Matt, and then Matt sold cars up until recently. Matt was at a, gosh, mm-hmm. you're, what dealers were you at brands wise? Uh, I, I started at an ex- a pre-owned exotic dealer, which was the best time of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, selling Porsches and Ferraris and Lamborghinis and Bentleys and Rolls Royces and all that kind of fun stuff. I was there for five years, and then um, I switched over to a Ford Lincoln Volkswagen, which is complete opposite. But mm-hmm. I, like I said, I always had an interest in Volkswagen, so and my parents always had Fords. Um, I had bought a few cars at that dealership previously. Um, and then the GM of that store found out that I sold cars and recruited me over there. Um, and then I stayed there for three years mm-hmm. and sold Volkswagen, Ford and Lincoln. And, um, it was fun. Like car sales is fun, but you know, it's fun for a little while and then you get burnt out. But, um, yeah. now I'm doing something completely different, which is kind of nice, nice change. Yeah, like I said, uh, cars is good. Like I said, I'm still involved with cars, but now not on the sales side, more on just the, uh, you know, I manage uh, automotive forums. And so, yeah, different work. Like I said, sales for a while was great um, until you, you know, you can only deal with people for so long until it gets a little tiring yes. and working every day. So, you know, but yeah, we have some, no days off. Uh, but it might be good. Like I said, I think you and I both have some good experience. And we'll talk about, you know, in general, this podcast, I think we're going to focus on a series. So we're going to break, you know, episodes into a series of kind of a topic. So uh, I think it might be good at some point talking about our car experiences, just talk about, you know, maybe we do five episodes on just how to buy a car, you know, whether it's used, whether it's yeah. new, just mm-hmm. like, I feel like there's so many people in my life that get screwed over completely just because they, oh, yeah. and just working there for, you know, even a year, you learn so much about the process and so much about the terms that they use. And, um, you know, where you can get taken advantage of and where you can't and what you should learn and what you should know going in. And it's great. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun to learn that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like I said, I think you have a, you could probably teach me a lot too, because you were on the obviously traditional dealership side where I was on the CarMax, which is kind of like the, <laughs> it's like the first graders version of buying a car, which is like you click through a bunch of screens and there it is. Um, so, well, yeah. I mean, you didn't have to haggle. Like there were times yeah. where I would be sitting there for two hours or three hours haggling over these over, you know, 20 bucks. So, yeah, so, it's a little uh, different, but it's it's definitely a different style. But I'm sure each had its positives and negatives. 
Yeah, exactly. That was the, you know, yeah, we can talk about that in, in length. But yeah, so I think we're going to do a different uh, series. Like I said, I think the the car buying one is probably a good one we could do. Um, mm-hmm. The first one we're going to do is new millennium muscle cars. And that's kind of what does that mean? I think Matt and I are both, you know, experienced, I think, a unique time because, you know, we got out of high school. Like I said, what's the, I graduated in 04. You graduated a few years later. Graduated in 06, yeah. Yeah, a couple of years later, 06. But I think that era like between then and now i think the last 10 to gosh now 12 years now is i know people talk about the 60s and all the muscle cars and you can't you know discredit what the 60s did for muscle cars because that's literally the foundation of it but i think in the last 10 you know 10 to 15 years we've seen just this insane amount of muscle and you know detroit pulling out some just insane stuff uh whether yeah it's crazy Hellcat, or like they just announced the Shelby, or they teased it, seven hundred plus horsepower Shelby GT five hundred. Uh, yep, it's just you know, and that was that was in talks when I was working at the Ford dealer too. Like mm-hmm. we would drive the GT uh, Shelby GT GT three fifties, and those were crazy with you know with a relatively small amount of horsepower. But that car with seven hundred fifty horsepower is just insane. Yeah, so I think it's it's weird because you're in you know. American cars were in this two, like a fork in the road where you've got like just insane power going one way. And then you've got kind of electrics and kind of alternative transportation. And I think it's, it's interesting. So I think it's a cool thing to talk about, but I I really want to talk about the kind of the new era of muscle cars. So I think we're going to split it into Mm -hmm. episodes. We're going to start with the goat, the GTO. Uh, That'll be our first episode when we get into that. The 2004. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, a lot of people discredit that car, you know, but I think it's important, and I think it kind of kicked off a lot of a lot of things. Uh, we had a lot of fun at it. Uh, I don't want to give away too well, much. Well, it's not important now, but back in 2004, it was it was great. It was it was like mm-hmm. nothing nobody nothing anybody ever saw. It was fun. Yeah, like I said, I think it created a lot of just GM performance cars, like the Chevy SS and a lot of the stuff from Australia that you know, or the Pontiac G6 or G8. You know, I'm thinking like some of G8, those cars. Yeah. A lot of those, I don't know if they happen if the GTO didn't happen and just start that whole domino effect. So, yeah. That, right. we'll, so, I think we're going to start a series like that. You know, that'll probably run for a little while. And then we'll, you know, other stuff, you know, we've talked about. We could do, like, supercars of the 90s, best, worst cars. Uh, I guess we can talk about the best, worst cars. It's probably going to be a fun one because we talked about the Mitsubishi IME of electric. That's a car that's, <laughs> that's uh, almost so bad that I just love it. Because um, I think in my review on the Ignition blog, I wrote that it felt a lot like my 1980 Omni, which is Mitsubishi probably just hates to hear. But really, it just had a lot of spirit. Like, I drove in that car and almost ran out of electricity. But it felt like a car from the 80s. It felt, you know, you were connected to it. You knew what was going on. You had to be concerned with it. Um, I don't know. I kind of appreciate that. Um, yeah, that- I missed I missed that press car, but... I can't say I'm too upset. <laughs> but it looks like, I think you understand a little bit of that, just how some cars can be so bad that I think... Oh, yeah. Like, even talking about us and the Lincoln, you know, a Lincoln is, you know, it's comfortable, but you, comfortable cars, a lot of times you forget about them. They're automatic. You get into it, you drive to work, or you drive whatever, and you forget about it, which is it's good in a lot of ways, but it's also, you know, old cars, you literally had to be super aware every time we drove the omni we had to be super aware of what was going on you know where we were steering what was going you know was it a car over yeah exactly 
Yeah. Like the, even, if it was going to break down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think, you know, there's something to, to be said for a car that at least makes you aware that you are driving again and need to be like, you know, awake, I guess. So yeah, that's, I think that's what we both miss. Yeah, exactly. Whether that's a stick shift car, that's, you know, you know, just that connection, or if it's just complete connection with a car that's going to run out of battery in two miles if you don't get it. Yeah, home. exactly. Just yeah. something to make you more aware. That would be yeah. kind of nice for a change. Yep. Um, and then uh, we talked about the best, worst cars. We can talk about the Kia Rondo, which was a car that pretty much everyone forgot about except for you and I. Um, we did. We spent some quality time in one of those cars. So we, we'll explain that fascination, I'm sure, in a future episode. Um, other ideas, best concept car series, we could do that. There's a lot of just like 2000s Chryslers and like just absurd stuff that I'm sure uh, that we can have a whole series on that. Cars that save their brand, we can go in on that. You know, there's some mm-hmm. Chrysler's been Chrysler's been saved like four times by a different <laughs> car. <laughs> by a different so is car. Lincoln, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. It's been kept afloat for a while. It didn't go the way yeah. of Mer- Mercury. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see cars we wish we had in the U.S. That's probably a good one. Um, that would be cool. It's probably a lot of Scirocco. I don't know. I don't know oh, if... yeah. Lots of Volkswagens that we don't get over here. Yeah. Scirocco's a weird one because I feel like it doesn't make sense. It's kind of pointless, but... Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's essentially golf-sized, right? The new one. Yeah, it's, a, it's the same thing as a GTI, except with a Scirocco body. It's the yeah. same engine, same everything, same interior. Like, it's kind of pointless, but it's cool that they brought it back. Yeah, like I said, stuff like that would be nice, like I said, stuff we wish we had. So I think we'll get into that, but yeah, I think we're trying to do this podcast where we kind of break it down into episodes and uh, yeah, just have some fun. So look yeah. forward to all of that and more uh, in future episodes, but we that's our intro. That's a little bit about us. Um, yeah, you feel good about that, Matt? I feel great about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have some cool stuff planned and... Can't wait to talk about the Rondo Rally and all that kind of stuff. And Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. All right, well, uh, yeah, well, thanks for tuning in. Look forward to more, and uh, we'll be back at you here in a few. Yeah.